Have you ever been given a secret? Maybe a secret that was just so juicy you had to share? I'm going to share a secret with you today. Over the last five weeks, we've heard the messages of how shepherds in the Bible point us to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Today, we look at the Bethlehem shepherds, who don't just point us to Jesus, but take us to Jesus with their voices. If you uh, looked at last Sunday's sermon, I showed the video of a modern shepherd calling his sheep, illustrating what Jesus said in John 10, 2-4. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. So as we look at the Bethlehem shepherds today, they are speaking shepherds. And the shepherds have a secret. The angel's appearing is described differently than the star appearing. Everyone could see the star. Wise men came from far away because they saw the sign in the sky. But the angels are only said to appear to the shepherds. The angels appeared and gave a message only to these shepherds. The light shone down only on the shepherds. As glorious and bright as we imagine angels to be and as loud as I can imagine a chorus of angels to be, and also as quiet as in and dark as I can guess ancient Bethlehem was, somehow only the shepherds saw and heard the good news of great joy for all people. You know, all the Israelites had prophecy from the scripture that foretold the coming of the king. For example, the religious leaders were able to look up that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, but only the shepherds were told that the Messiah was being born right then, and that he was wrapped in cloths and was lying in a manger. They knew stuff that nobody else knew, stuff that was important for others to know. And now they have a choice. Do they keep that secret to themselves or do they share it? That may seem like an easy choice, but the shepherds not only have a secret, the shepherds have sheep. Before they got the secret, they were watching over their sheep at night. This is their responsibility. It's their livelihood. If they leave the pasture, who will care for the sheep? Without shepherds, you know, what's there to keep wolves or lions from killing their sheep or a thief from stealing their sheep? And that's similar to the same situation you and I are in today. I have responsibilities to my family, to my work, to my world, responsibilities to myself. But I also have a responsibility to God. And in this, Jesus can relate to us. If we take verses out of context without looking at the whole life of Jesus, we might come to the conclusion that Jesus actually didn't care about human responsibilities. For example, John 6:38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So he places the will of God the Father first. Also in Mark 3, 31 through 35, it says, His, Jesus' mother and his brothers came and are standing outside. They sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, Who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those sitting in a circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. 
Jesus appears to be saying that his spiritual family, his disciples, are more important than his responsibilities to his human genetic family. And in Matthew 10, 37 through 39, Jesus says, The one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. So Jesus puts this same idea of putting God's God's rule, God's what God wants us to do above family for his disciples. Jesus even has one potential disciple whose hesitation is, is that he must go bury his father first. The implication is not that the man needs to attend his father's funeral, but that he will follow Jesus after his father father dies. And Jesus' reply in Luke 9.60 is, But he told him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. All these stories seem to point to Jesus saying to us, Forget your earthly responsibilities, especially your family. Following Jesus is our sole responsibility, and it's sharing the secret that we know that the kingdom of God is here. Now, I'm certainly not going to deny the importance of sharing the good news. That is important. The great commission that Jesus gave his disciples was to go and make disciples. However, we should also consider other things that Jesus did while he shared the good news of salvation. Jesus' first miracle, turning water into wine at a wedding, he did at the request of his mother. That's in John chapter 2. And then at the end of his earthly ministry, when Jesus is right in the middle of completing the ultimate and most difficult will of God the Father, he is dying on the cross for the disobedience of the world. John 19:26 and 27 says, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. So here is Jesus dying for the sins of the world, and he doesn't forget to take care of his mom. For the shepherds, for Jesus, and for me, it's not supposed to be an either-or choice on either serving God or meeting my responsibilities. But it is a matter of priorities. Do I keep God at the center of everything I do? So the shepherds have a secret, and the shepherds have sheep, and the shepherds lastly have speech. They talked to each other and decide to go see for themselves what they were told. They hurried to do this. I think that's important that they hurried. And I'll get back to the hurrying later. The shepherds find Joseph, Mary, and the baby and then go and report this secret to others who are amazed at what they hear. After the story, uh, it says the shepherds returned. The, the, our narrative doesn't specifically say where they returned to. They could have returned to Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, but I think it makes more sense for them to return back to where they started, back in the beginning. They went back to their sheep, and maybe that's why they hurried. They didn't want to leave their sheep unprotected forever. Like Jesus, they didn't forget their earthly responsibilities, but there is a time to shepherd animals, and there is a time to shepherd people to Jesus. The shepherds spoke to people and then they returned. And that's the last way that the shepherds point us to Jesus. Jesus has gone away, but the promise we remember at Christmas is that he will return to gather us his sheep. Jesus says in John 14, 1-3, 
Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. That's the secret I have to share. Let's pray this psalm of praise from Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth hear it so that they can sing it. Bless the name of the Lord and proclaim his salvation. This is his wondrous works for all humanity. No other God is able to do this, to build a people and family for himself and for his glory. May all creation be glad at what the Lord has done and look forward to his return to the earth. May heaven's richest blessing come down on everyone who goes out, following the good and beautiful shepherd himself, to find the lost sheep and to love and care for them. For beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news.